This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, welcome to episode 14 of Pints and Politics UK. I'm Johnny. I'm not as lispy as I was last week or the week before that or the week before that. I'm doing a great job. We are going to talk a bit about Trump at the end. And you know, what? I was just showing off then. I was just showing off because the lisp is slowly, slowly disappearing. But as you can tell, not quite disappeared. Um, and I'd still like to just add that Adam, Adam is here also. Yeah, yeah. This isn't, yeah, no. I'm, yeah, as I had on terrible co-host, terrible co-host. I, I do say <laughs> I'm not a one. I'm not a one-man band narcissistic person. I'm not that person, even really? though I pretend really? to be sometimes. It's for okay, fun. It's for show. It. It's for show. It's for show. See, I even I, I, that is a Good narcissist, job, by the way. Good that's job. a that's a narcissist. Anyway, that's a genuine narcissist. Genuine narcissist. But we're on for a great show. Hopefully, um, we 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 we. From one American narcissist to maybe what some would describe as a British narcissist. Boris Johnson's been in the news this week. I think he we'll has many a time. But very, very, very funny things going on. Very funny things. He, well, potentially, for, I don't know. It's uh, basically... I found it very funny, personally. I'm sorry, but I did. You found it very funny. He's been, in, he's been under fire as, as Mr. Boris um, this he week. Has indeed. He has, uh, well, one thing isn't too funny. The, the quote that he has apparently said, let the bodies pile up several times during this pandemic. Right. That's the extremely non-funny part. Of that's the extremely non-funny week. part. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So that's not what Adam was referring to. Adam was probably referring no. to the, uh, the situation at Prime Minister's questions where he lost his rag, which was partly related yeah. to that comment, but also partly related to the fact that he's apparently had a big decoration in number 10 and no one knows think, how he paid for it and i think it's more to do with his apparent dislike for the opposition leader keir starmer yeah a captain hindsight yeah so yeah yeah it, it, yeah so much all three really tie together uh, in many ways let's go before we go on to the slightly humorous pmq thing let's work out how it got there and how keir starmer was really grilling him and more um, of the serious stuff going yeah on. We'll start with the serious stuff. Don't know what that noise was. Um, was we'll start with thing. the serious stuff. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So let the bodies pile up. Now, that's abhorrent on any level to say, and it's even worse yeah. when you consider that it's the leader of the country. However, and I'm going to say however, that's what I think. That's what you think probably. But yeah. as I tweeted, do I think that this will affect public opinion? No. And... The reason why is because this comment was apparently in relation to whether Britain should go into another lockdown. Now, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but I can pretty much guarantee that behind closed doors where the cameras aren't there, if you went into the households or or had or was having an earwig on certain discussions across the population and they were being asked about, oh, we're going into another lockdown, in not too similar dissimilar words, I think something like that might be said. I've heard it. I've heard it said. Not like that, but not too dissimilar to that. And I can pretty much guarantee that a lot of people have actually thought along those lines, which says quite a lot, I think, 
about certain areas of the UK. Absolutely. And I think, so for the those, you know, the, the comment was very much, it was abhorrent to say that mm, anybody sure. should um, have. It, it's quite, what's the word I'm looking for? It's quite uh, dictatorial. It's very uh, anarchist, anarchist. I can't even say it. An, an, anarchic. Is that one? Yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, I can't remember what the proper word is now. Carry on. But it's very, yeah, but it's very much non democratic in yes. values and in opinions. And it's very unsympathetic and empathetic. Mm. And it's um, quite scary as well. It's yep. actually a frightening comment mm. to hear, especially mm. from leader of the country. And for those American listeners, I should think it's all too common to your ears as well. To hear this sort of narrative um, pre- from previous presidents, not naming anyone apart from the uh, the orange glow stick, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, absolutely terrible. So these comments mm. have come through uh, leaked. We yeah. believe by that's Mr. true. Dominic. Actually, yeah, it's not Dominic. actually it's not actually been heard saying it. Yeah. it's been leaked by no. people, including I think that is the villain Dominic. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's an important point to remember. Um, that he was, you know, it's a leaked comment. It's not a, it, it, there's, there's no real proof. It's just, it seems, I, I don't know. Is it, was it leaked to the newspapers? Well, there were three, apparently said it on multiple occasions. I think three different people or three different sources, one of which we believe to be Mr. Dominic Cummings, the the big supervillain behind everything, it would seem, who's yeah, leaked this. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, yeah, I think it's been leaked three times. But but just to go on my second point, Adam, do you honestly think, like I do, do you differ from my view that this will do nothing to upset public opinion from what it already was? Because a lot of that supportership of Boris Johnson actually were in that mindset without saying it aloud, silently thinking along those lines. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it is extremely fair to assume that people are pissed off. They've had enough mm. and they certainly do not want a 3.0. And then, however, I think it's extremely insulting mm. to forgetting um, a very, like the other extremely significant part of the population who have not just worked through this mm. um, pandemic, but worked the front lines of the NHS, the care oh, systems, yeah. the care homes, the social systems, the social care systems. Mm. And a lot of them have been left in quite, you know, mentally traumatic situations. Mm. And the prospect or the, the, the just the apparent um, being present to hear the leader of said country that you've yeah. given so much to over the last year and a half mm. go and say that the bodies pile up, then mm. surely I, I would personally feel like all my good work had been rendered useless. I agree. And rendered but you know, purposefulness, uh, no, um, unpurposefulness, you know, absolutely just thrown under the bus. You'd feel like a bag of crap. Like, I certainly would. So, um, I think it's fair to say I do agree that there's plenty of people out there. Yeah. And I can pretty guarantee from personal experience, there are plenty of people out there who are, would be very unaffected by the Prime Minister's comments. Mm. Well, they wouldn't say uh, it aloud, would they? They would maybe think uh, it stay behind. Uh, maybe maybe uh, after a few, you know, yes, uh, close doors, a few yeah. pints. You know, you know, you know, they, what was it, a drunk man's thoughts what is a way sober man's truth and all that stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. what, what, whatever the saying is. Mm. Um, however, 
I am very much on the other side that so many people have given so much already yep. in the name of, you know, defeating this pandemic. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrific comment to make, by the way. Oh, whether, yeah, people, I, yeah. whether, whether there's a significant amount of people agreeing with it or not, it is still a horrific comment. Oh, um, yeah, I completely agree. That, yeah. That's that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that was obviously one part of it. The second part was related to the decor of his house. Um, so this is something yeah. before. Okay. Um, we think, we've speculated, it's probably taxpayers' money that's been used to fund this, this um, decor, this uh, update of number 10. Um, we aren't sure, but we wouldn't be surprised. Um, that's come in for some grilling alongside those comments. Those two have sort of gone in tandem. And it essentially, did you say those comments? Those comments were abhorrent. Uh, and also, how did you fund your house? They have made up the bulk of the questions that have been asked to the Prime Minister this week by Sir Kerstarmer, by various elements of the media. Um, and you found it quite amusing how Boris Johnson retaliated at PMQs to his not well, too friendly leader of the opposition, or they don't seem to get on too well. <laughs> they do not, do they? Um, so if anyone has not seen the PMQs for Wednesday, um, basically, Kirstama challenged... Uh, 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 I can't remember what the principles are. It's N something. I think it's not nod some or I can't, I can't remember now. Um, but the principles are they 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 question or or govern the the um, the conduct of a public official in public office, and these question integrity, honesty, selflessness, you know, um, those sort of characteristics. And basically, Kirstam had questioned all of um, Johnson's. Uh, personal, you know, values. Um, questioned his um, his governing style, his integrity, especially when it came to, you know, donors funding of the Conservative Party in his personal pocket, and all this had trickled down to the fact that during a pandemic, during a, a period of financial crisis for the United Kingdom, he still has the time to do up his number ten flat. Now. As you said, Johnny, he said that he'd, you know, he claimed on multiple occasions, as you see through the question time, that, that he'd funded it himself. However, reaching that point of that statement took him about three minutes per time he was asked. And I think this was the amusing part. And every time he was asked again, he would take even longer to reach the point and get even more annoyed. And for someone like me, seeing someone getting annoyed in a position like that is quite amusing because if you're getting that irritated that agitated by the opposition about such a basic question there there has to be an element of guilt right like we all get annoyed i'm not denying we all get annoyed when we ask repeated questions but when you're getting even more elaborate and more wild in your answer at each time then surely there's something not sitting with you well personally but maybe he was just having a bad day. Hmm. Maybe he just got on the wrong side of the bed. That's all, that's all I'm saying. But I did find it kind of funny because I thought this is not very professional, but I am giggling. You yes. know, I, don't, I don't know. But what yes. do you think? You, you saw the video, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite amusing to see 
someone who you thinks think is you know guilty of sin lying through his teeth get put on the spot like that and try and worm out of it in a way again again for american audiences listeners or 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 anyone more familiar with an American brand of politics, very similar to when Donald Trump was put on the spot by reporters who questioned certain things that he'd said or, or was doing, and then Donald Trump tried to wriggle out of it, although Donald Trump usually was a little bit more blunt. He'd just say, you know what, that's fake news, this is how this is. Boris Johnson tried to wriggle away in terms of not saying that uh, or not being so blunt, but trying to excuse certain things that had been labelled against him. And he didn't do the best job of it, I don't think. And what's really interesting, I think, what's really interesting is these stories don't seem to be going away. Now, yeah, Boris Johnson said quite a few. Yeah, Boris Johnson said quite a few things in the past that seem to have been brushed under the carpet by mainstream media, by 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 newspapers and whatnot. But this one has stuck and it's stuck in the Daily Mail and it's stuck in the Times and it's stuck in the Daily Telly. It's stuck in all of them, really. It's yeah, stuck it's in stuck, a lot of the news. It's stuck on the left and the right. It's in the Guardian as well. Yeah, it's, it's stuck like, on a lot of it's these. Everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And what I think is, it's really interesting because a lot of these are actually pro-conservative newspapers, which makes you think, are they trying to open a gate for another pe- person to eventually come in? The suggestion, particularly with the Daily Mail, is Michael Gove, because his wife writes for the Daily Mail. He's been considered by the Daily Mail in the past to be a very reputable candidate for the Tory party. And maybe that's some way they want to go, because these these newspapers, I reiterate, many of them, like the Daily Mail, are usually and ordinarily pro-conservative. Therefore, the slander of Boris Johnson at this moment in time will not make sense unless they had a plan behind it. Yeah, I think that's always a fair assumption to make. Like, the media always have an agenda. Of course they do, they're the media, you know what I mean? Um, Whether it's as elaborate as that, I don't know. Or do they just want to make Johnson scream? It could be as simple as that. You know, do they want him to squirm underneath the pressure? And I think that is something that we saw in PMQs. You know, he's, he, he, this might be a man who's on the breaking point. You know, he's, He's had a new child come through during a pandemic. You know, he's come his way. He's had the the virus himself. I don't think he quite made it onto events later, did he? But no, not quite. You know, quite. you, you t- Tory or not, bit of a noob or not, man's gone through a lot in the last year and a half. So he maybe, absolutely maybe has. Yeah, so maybe he literally is a man on breaking point because I think if for once, I know this is a politics podcast, but we have bought political opinions and views and everything and misdeeds and deeds and all that stuff to one side mm. this bloke has gone through a lot yeah in governing the country yeah. you know like you, you gotta give it to him yep you know not not all people would have made it through such times of hardship yeah um so i, I don't know johnny um i agree but he, he certainly is in the firing line whatever's going on mm. you know i would agree but, yeah um, but there's also, I think, you know, for us to play devil's advocate, if you jumped on Starmer's side, he's been criticised so much in the last couple of weeks. Oh. You know, he, even, he was even kicked out of a pub. You know I mean? That was quite <laughs> yeah, funny, like, actually. We can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was kicked out of a pub. So you're talking about a bloke as well who's had his political credibility thrown literally into, uh, you know, into the beer garden <laughs> out of a pub. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, there's, there's a lot of crap. But at the same time, he had mm. a lot of respect. He got a lot of support from the way he handled that. 
Yeah. You know, and that might have boosted his confidence. You know, there's so many avenues you can take when it comes to viewing what's going on in that sort of hemisphere at the moment. And all we can say with that really is, according to polls, political political opinion, as I suggested, has been virtually the same as it was beforehand. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Okay, so yeah, now just on, just on other news stories now then. As Adam tries on his new um, Al Pacino shades, which you can't see because we don't provide a video montage for this. Yeah, yeah, these are actually five and a half years old. Five and a half years. They look, do look very nice. Do look very nice, but unfortunately, that's not so. Wear them this weekend. Fantastic. On um, to a, you, you touched on it, Adam. Actually, with with uh, one of our first news stories, what we can go on other news stories. Kesama came in for a bit of a rough ride when he went to talk to a man um, who would. Uh, well, a pub owner who gave him a lot of abuse because he supported the lockdowns. Um, Sir Kerstalmer then tried, leader of the opposition, Sir Kerstalmer, then tried to evade the man walking into a pub to try and avoid this particular man, only to then realise it was his pub. And then he demanded, he get out of my pub, he shouts. And then, obviously, <laughs> Kerstalmer leaves. Um, he wasn't very happy. Um, basically, leader of the opposition versus an anti-lockdown protester and i think came out of that like you say with with a bit of credibility because um he didn't lose his rag he didn't lose his cool despite being shouted at in the middle of the street and then in the pub. and he picked up the pub owner's glasses yeah he gave them back to him didn't he yeah yeah so i think he did all right there not really much more that needs to be said on that one other than no, he kept his cool. there wasn't yeah. anything controversial somebody got mad at him he walked out the pub and as his bodyguard was holding back the very aggressive and violently conducting pub landlord, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He um he went and picked up his glasses and gave it back to him and said thank you very much. Mug away. So absolutely. Hey, no, it's very good. Um on to other news there. And, and one thing Boris Johnson should be happy about is the way that this uh, apparent uh, exit of lockdown is going. It's going quite well. Um now as I said to you before we went on air, 40 million people live in areas in the UK that are virtually COVID-free, which is quite remarkable. And um, now this is... the majority of Wales, or North Wales at the moment, anyway. Yeah, majority of Wales, majority of North Wales. Um, and it's really, really good. It's great to see the progress that we've been uh, having. Uh, Health Secretary Matt Hancock has had his injection, uh, his first injection. He's 42, so it's dropping down the age bracket quite quickly. Um mm-hmm. I've had mine, but that was for probably uh, you know pre pre medical conditions and whatnot. I think you know as a twenty two year old, it shouldn't have reached me yet. But again, there are exceptions based on medical histories and medical problems. Um, and yeah, I mean, as we say, and this is this is actually one reason I've read um, in terms of people's reaction to these to Boris Johnson's controversial week. A lot of people are simply saying, "I don't care." We go. We're coming out of this horror show, and he's leading the country while we're coming out of it. So that's what that's what's happening. And to be honest, when these people, I've said this before on other podcasts, but when these people work nine to five or whatnot, and they've got families to feed, do they have time to be bothered about what Boris Johnson said or not said, or would they be a bit more appreciative or just happy that under his leadership at present, the country seems to be kind of getting back on track? A lot of people don't have the luxury to really dwell on these things that the media keep on throwing at them. Yep. Like you've said. And it's it's a difficult one because for those of us who actually examine what he's been saying, it's mm. abhorrent. 
yeah. I don't get me wrong, there's always casualties of war mm. and there's always civilian casualties when it comes mm. to war. Uh, anyone who reads the history books will know that. Mm. But to say it publicly like that, well, he didn't mm. even say it publicly, did he? Yeah. It, just, this is the weirdness of the situation. What he said was fundamentally wrong, should have never been released to the public and suddenly should have been said to his staff. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Well, I do know. Mm. I know it's not something you should be sharing with the general public. <laughs> no, yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Another L for Boris Johnson and the Conservatives is related to cladding this week. Um, obviously, cladding right. is a thing that affected yeah. people at Grenfell. So the Grenfell Tower disaster oh, happened years ago under Theresa May's uh, government, I think. Um, it was based... So it's was a long time it 28? Yeah, I can't actually remember when Grenfell was in it was a long a time ago. Um, well, a few years ago, a long time ago in, in the sense that it was uh, before Boris Johnson. June 2017. June so 2017. I apologise to anyone who found our lack of dates um, insulting. I, I, I mean, there's been so much that's happened and that's no disrespect to the people of Grenfell, but literally there's no, another prime not. minister so in place. June 2017. Yeah. June 2017. Yeah, so many people, yeah. uh, well, uh, bu- bu- boom, uh, 72 people died at Grenfell and uh, it was basically as a result of cladding, which was um, highly, well, flammable. highly flammable material, which is basically there because it's cheap to build these buildings, um, cheap material used to build buildings. Um, the people, the residents, obviously living there were generally of low income status, couldn't afford to make such adjustments to make it less flammable and they the, the building burned and, and, and there were as i said there were there were so many casualties 72 people other people lost their homes other people were badly injured it was terrible boris johnson's Families government destroyed lives destroyed obviously. boris johnson's government pl- um claimed that they would put an end to any situation like this but unfortunately it doesn't seem like they have um, no We've seen other Absolutely blocks not. now, uh, other blocks uh, across London that have uh, also got this um, highly flammable material. And this scandal, this scandal continues. The cladding scandal continues. And it's abhorrent, really, because it's such a small amount to pay for a government to fix these arrears in, in specific areas. And yet they try and pass the book to the people uh, who quite clearly can't afford it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be living there in the first place. Absolutely, and it's important to note that um, this cladding issue mm. is not localised to London either. No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, to most of the major cities in the UK. And um, like you said, Johnny, it's it's a simple fix, but the government claims it's too costly for them to do so. At the same time, it's it, you know it's basic economics. There's so mm. many other companies making so much money off declaring these buildings yeah. unsafe to living, fire services, you know, or fire protection services. And I'm not talking about 999 services here. I'm talking about fire consultants, you know, companies that specialize in this, who make a lot of money of declaring these buildings unsafe, and then mm. this passes on to insurance, passes on to other consultancies, then government policies and then it all comes around in one big circle and a lot of lawyers are involved before you know it a lot of people's pockets are lined and once again those who are directly affected by such issues see no progress yeah and like you said right at the start of this johnny that is the exact position that it seems to be in and 
you know, the Conservative government have done pretty much nothing about yeah. it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's terrible. Um, and also, really, what's terrible, just, um, you know, just moving on from that slightly and, and going back a bit to the coronavirus. Um, so, France's curfew uh, and restrictions have been extended till June, uh, which isn't yeah. good. However, the biggest catastrophe really across this side of the world is without doubt the situation going on in India where it, it's absolutely insane. I mean, um, it, I mean, go on. I, 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 well, what did I see? What did I read before? It was a doctor who's on the front lines literally exposed to that strand of the virus, which seems to be the most deadly we've seen up to now. Was this you saying this is a crime against humanity? Mm. You know, there's not enough support. There's not enough being done to help by the global community. Like, don't get me wrong, what the, 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 the UK have shipped many ventilators and have, you yeah. know, contribute, could they contribute more? Probably. Could the rest mm-hmm. of the world contribute more? Probably. I'm, I'm aware the US are helping. You know, yeah. I know the WHO and the UN are weighing in in capacity, but... You know, it's it, it's a it's a stark reminder of why Johnson's, you know, Boris Johnson's comments are so insensitive, so mm. abhorrent. Because the bodies literally are piling up in India. They are piling there, yeah. and they're piling at such a rate where they have kids carrying bodies onto bonfires in designated areas across India so they can just make more for the next power. You know what's shocking as well? There's uh, an election going on in India now and people are still vote, are expected to vote right now. Exactly. And and they call themselves the largest democracy. That is going to be called into question of course it by the global community. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you said, Johnny, it, it's, it's, it, it's a travesty. I think it's the biggest... Um, you know, I think it's the it's the largest like travesty we've seen as a byproduct of the of the pandemic so far. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And Brazil over in South America having a oh yeah yeah oh, yeah the, yeah. You see, there you go. My comment there was short sighted by oh, virtue really? of just forgetting I, I, about another comment. No, go on. It comes down to governance, doesn't it? Really, and. There, there seems to have been a lack of control from the from the higher powers in India. There seems to be a, a lack of control from the higher powers in Brazil. And then we bring it back to our country, really. And, and what Johnson has done, at, at the very least, is take, he has shown that he, even regardless of what he said, and regardless of what or he, or, or he hasn't said, as he claims, he has yeah. imposed a level of restriction on the country when it was needed. And that's something that you know some people, some of us might think, oh, why is he doing this? Look at these. Look at some of the other countries that are just neglecting any responsibility at the top. They're just letting it pass through, and actually going for a herd immunity strategy in such a in such a bit highly populated country like, like as you say, like India, like like Brazil, and it and it's crazy, and, and it almost makes you feel a little bit grateful that even Boris Johnson's far from perfect, but at least somewhere somehow. He did do put some measures in place to stem the flow of this virus. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we're so lucky to be in the situation we are. Yeah. Even as crappy as our response initially to this pandemic yeah. was. Yeah. Sorry. Did you hear that? 
That was the uh, lo- local pizza man. Okay. <laughs> Up and down the street on his moped. It's a nice guess. guy, you know. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pizza <laughs> man. Pizza man. There we go. There we go. That's a, yeah. that's a dose of a dose of uh, of the of the normality that I suppose we're getting uh, in this in yeah. this country that others necessarily aren't. Um, We'll move on now from that then, and we'll go on to, uh, oh, just to touch on Arlene uh, Phillips, who was uh, DUP leader. She propped up um, Theresa May's government when they needed help in 2017. She's now resigned. Um, DUP generally um, widely discredited um, by many people in the UK for their quite right... Overshadowed by the... uh... Conservative government. Yeah, quite right-wing views, quite homophobic in, in nature. They would attribute that to maybe having strong religious beliefs, but hey, let's not let's not polish a, a poo. Um, it's not. A, yeah, <laughs> I'm polish a third, mate. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so, across. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, with Arlene Phillips, uh, uh, Arlene Phillips, yeah, with Arlene Phillips, uh, Arlene Foster, Arlene Phillips is a dancer. Arlene Foster with Arlene Foster. Um, I did. I did see something briefly on her rise to prominence. She was a female leader. She did work very hard to get into her position. She had strong views. She stuck to those views to a point. She should be credited for um, not wavering, but not necessarily the views that me or you share. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I I listened to a podcast about the whole transition this morning. Yeah, she had a vote of no confidence because she was too left. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and that's the point. Like they were against her opposition to um, gay conversion therapy, mm. uh, and and it was just it, it shows that it's the what world, the DUP stand for, though, isn't it? They are quite a far right organization. They're extremely far right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know you've got to respect what is normal and in devolved parts of the United Kingdom. Hmm. And that obviously is for that party yeah. and that set of people. Yeah. So I have very little to say on it, to be honest with you, mate, because I think yeah. everyone's, anyone who listens to this podcast will know exactly where I stand on such issues. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it annoys me, but it is what it is. Right. We're going to, we'll go on to debate section now, then, really. And um, we're talking about this before. Oh, we do. Can have a week. Yes, you can. <laughs> Uh, Adam's back from his little toilet break and uh, we're on to debate section. I've thought about this and we will look at, well, primarily two things I think here. I'm going to frame it. We're going to look at education in Britain, not necessarily the broad education of where we think it's good or why we think it's bad. I'm personally, in fact, just briefly, Adam, if you were to rate the education system from your experience out of 10, how would you rate it? 5.3 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say about five and a half. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go five and a half. Um, five and a half. Some good bits, quite a lot of things to do about it. Um, yeah. What we'll focus on today, I think, with regards to the education system, we could do so many debates on this. We'll look at progressive knowledge and progressive discussion. So, frame right. it into two things um, minority groups like LGBTQ plus groups and um, the idea of um, immigration in terms of different nationalities coming into the country and having a knowledge and and, an understanding of that. Um, When do we think, if it it is appropriate, when do we think that discussions should be had on these particular topics? Right. Well, if I I start with the LGBTQ community and the, you know, 
the discussion about being lesbian, gay, trans, you know, whatever, queer, you know, bi, mm. and asexual, you know, transgender. You know, it, Keep going. Why, why shouldn't it, why shouldn't we have these conversations no. at the same time where teaching kids about, I don't know, my personal experience, Adam and Eve, yep. heteronormity, yep. you know, you've grown from one of mm. Adam's ribs. Yeah, not, not know, what, this what, Adam's, what, but what, yeah, not Adam. my, yeah, not, not Adam's my, rib. No, no. Well, my point being that why are we comfortable mm. with teaching kids mm. about heteronormity? Mm. And some, some would argue, which I think is a valid argument about, uh, patriarchal values right from mm. that age of the man given you know creation to the woman and opportunity to the woman mm. why should we be fine with teaching that from I don't know four or five years old mm. yet being comfortable with the LGBTQ plus society mm. now we had this conversation before yeah and you said a very interesting argument about confusing kids well I, now, didn't, don't you think, I didn't say that did I, I no mean... no no you you you, you quoted Somebody who you'd argued with, yes, or not argued with, yeah, debated, some discussion debated with, with yeah. yeah, it debated with, mm. and they posed the argument that it would confuse the child. Am I right? Yes, they did. Yeah, now my response to that is don't you think kids are confused? A, are they confused enough depending on what age range they're on, or are they at the exact right age where they see things? with such a black and white ability that I'd be able to, for them to impose clarity on said subject mm. early on in life. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. What do you think, mate? Well, I, I said in this debate, it was, it was a debate I had before I went to there and discussed it with you, Adam, as I said before we went to there. Um, I think that I would have it at the end of a primary school, so that when you're looking 10, 11 years old, Adam, I know you think it should be a bit earlier, um, but straight I do, in, man. Yeah, but I do think before you go to high school is probably the optimum time because at that point you're going to be exposed to um, a lot more people. Generally, um, what high school you've got classes of, you, you've got a, your whole years twenty eight, thirty people at a high school. It's maybe 150, 200, 250 people, um, and that means a lot more different uh, types of character, a lot more different types of people, and. It would be very sad if people who were going through those phases and stages by that point, you got there and you didn't have a clue how to react, who they were. And because, like you say, you were always taught from an early age that there was a sort of set way to be because, like you said, Adam and Eve and, and not Adam and Steve, as some people would say, yeah. that's that's been said. In both a positive and negative way as well, which is the... Uh, yeah, and, and you reinforce yeah. that kind of, as you say, that the heteronormal and this is the way to be and this is the way to uh, live your life. And that's so wrong. That's why it should definitely be done before high school. And it should be not drilled in that, you know, you can be not, not drilled into a point where it's almost... Um, as some parents would say, um, trying to confuse the child. It should never be about trying to confuse the child. It should be tra about trying to illuminate the child and trying to educate them. And then those children, hopefully, would educate the parents because at the end of the day, I think too many people, particularly what I'm thinking about when I was younger, would go through to high school and pass through high school with the ideology of the parents. 
And that's the ideology exactly. 30, 40 years ago. And there needs to be a progressive development, particularly on the LGBTQ plus front, because there's too many people right at this moment in time. Some quite a few people are saying, oh, we're OK with with uh, with gay people, men or women. And then but then they say, but then I'm confused about the trans issue. And that's because the trans issue hasn't been discussed anywhere near enough. I don't think LGBTQ plus has to be honest with you in education. But I, I don't think any of it's been no, discussed no. enough that, that it should do. No, no. And yeah. that's why and, and that's yeah. why. And to do it at an early age, I mean, I know you say earlier on, but I can I can appreciate that. There is, I think they can be a bit too early on because, like they suggested, should kids at really early age be learning about sex? I think it kind of goes in tandem. I personally learned about sex at primary school when I was about ten or eleven, so that's why I feel like it appropriate for me to put okay. that, that point. Absolutely, that is fair because when I think about my primary school experience. I wasn't interested in girls until I was in secondary school because yeah. I was too busy playing with my cars and my Lego yeah. and my action figures. Sure. And that's the way it was, yeah. you know? Yeah. And maybe that's what people are forgetting about. Yeah. What if you just concentrate on the natural progression of sexuality mm. yeah. from child to teenager mm. to adulthood mm. and just implement these teachings into the set, mm. you know, progression, mm. evolution that we've already got. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see, I, I, I fail to understand mm. why it's an issue, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I fail to understand why being educated on different sexualities, like, why, why, why are we so prudish about I, these things? I feel why, like why is it such a taboo? I'll tell you why I think it is. I think it's because the parents who haven't had that experience are scared of the unknown and they're, they're, they're afraid of this radicalization, as I use in inverted commas, of their child to different things that they weren't experienced to. And I think that scares them. And I also think exactly. it, exposes, yeah, I a good point. it exposes a level of obviously um, discriminatory behavior towards things that, well, I always think discrimination comes from things that you don't truly understand. And in this respect, exactly. I feel like that comes from Absolutely. a past generation. It ties really in nicely. I should have made this two debates, but as soon as I already stated, I wanted to include it under progressive values. I use the idea of uh, different nationalities and cultures and so on and, and, and different races, uh, sort of highlighting racism and how poignant that's become recently uh, and putting that under progressive values. And to be honest, that's something I think you can learn even before we even delve into LGBTQ+, because that is simply treating other, others there's no sexuality involved in there there's, there's no sex there's nothing it's not even about it's that it's so literally about yeah yeah treating with respect what i think is though you've got to go a bit further maybe at high school i'm not sure but i was thinking about this in terms of a progressive look at primary school you can basically do it like that can't you uh you know treat anyone of any color with the same respect regardless of what they are you can't call them this you can't do this just call them by the name like you, you wouldn't go to another white person and call them whitey you'd call them by the name and you call you know basic yeah. level basic level respect but it has to go a step further i think in terms of you. positive discussion on immigration because what happens is people are going through the education system not having this discussion nowhere nearly enough and when they leave who's informing them about immigration who's informing them about different cultures these, you know, very right wing people or whoever who they quite, follow on Facebook or Twitter, who have quite a high platform, yeah. who inform these, who inform, like you said, Adam, people on Facebook. They are the 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 platform these many people on Facebook listen to, 
And then people on Facebook who haven't heard them then see their friends on Facebook who have heard them. And it forms a vicious cycle of negativity towards immigration when in actual fact, immigrants do a lot for this country and immigration is a very good thing. But the reason why it's given such a negative press is because it's never been properly addressed in the educational system. Exactly, because it's a perpetuation of a lack of understanding from one person to another. And then it perpetuates, as you said, as a vicious cycle on social media. And therefore, I completely agree with you. I, I feel like um, I, I feel like people believe nationalism and 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 being open to immigration mm. are two things you can't have as once uh, as one. Yeah, I feel like you can either have nationalism mm. or you can be accepting of all people. I love Wales. Yeah, but you but, also respect all. All cultures. Yeah, so yeah. I like to think of myself as a Welsh internationalist. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be nationalist in the respect of you are confined to your borders mm. and you will not like anyone else within yeah. those borders yeah. who do not conform to the same beliefs or do not look the same to you or do not yeah. share the same beliefs as yourself. And I think that's bullcrap. Yeah. It's a two-pronged thing, though, isn't it? Because there's basic levels of both. Like with the LGBTQ+, plus, you're, LGBTQ+, you're right. And with the... With the uh, discussion on immigrants and with the discussion on different races and different different uh different nationalities it can also uh, the base root level is simply just like a bible teaches treat others as you would like to be treated but literally going a bit more than that and just explaining that on a root level we could teach that to five six year olds and up and there's nothing wrong with that but when it gets a bit more but but it's to carry on that progression through the age groups at an acceptable level like i said i think to get into a bit more intricacy with the lgbtq plus means you've got to discuss a little bit about sex and a, bit, a little bit about relationships which is why i think latter end of primary school early start of high school probably best for that and it's the same with immigration it's a lot more complex than just saying you know uh treat everyone with respect like you would and looking at looking at different people in that very on that surface level but that's something again i think and this isn't going to be another discussion which we're not going to go into but at high school a whole module or a whole subject or something should be done to make give an insight into politics and the political stratosphere. I think you could tie that into an English exam, you know? Uh, well, I, I can I can say from my own education, it was tied into my Welsh baccalaureate. wasn't tied into mine. Uh, which spoke <laughs> about, um, but just going, just as, as a quick, you know, yeah. like, like footnote yeah. of this conversation, I feel like it comes down to just understanding oh, cool. and care and maybe an element of love when it comes to understanding the lgbtq plus society coming yeah. to understand immigrants um, refugees you know whatever title yeah they want to come and, from and just as a footnote just as a footnote adam it, it, like, and one for me as well you just understand the really key point and we both we both did radio at bail rig at lancaster uni we both came across met various members of the lgbtq plus community for me i never met a trans person before that and then i met about two or three within that community i met lots of people from the lgbtq plus community and you hear little stories and you, you you listen to them and you you realize why are people so negative towards these people no one can take on that lifestyle and and you can't look at them and say oh you must be um attention seeking or you must be doing like some narratives go quite clearly they are not quite clearly they've gone through a really tough time and i think joe biden touched on it recently as well we have nothing but respect for those people. Yeah, absolutely. And just to continue 
um, just to finish my previous point. Yeah. Uh, it, when it comes to things, uh, and I feel like just to reiterate what I was saying before, prior to that as well, is that you can love uh, a concept, you can love a legitimate flag, yeah. a legitimate language, mm. a legitimate whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. You know, or Christ, it could be illegitimate for that point. That's up to a whole philosophical argument. You, 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 your, your beliefs and your views don't have to be limited to one no. narrative, one strand. No. And like yeah. you said about our experiences at Belwick was, you know, I, I, you know, especially for us who come from very sort of traditional parts of the UK, yeah. Yeah. it taught us a lot about what it is just to be understanding of, and guess what, guys? Things aren't black and white. No. You know, and without doing too much of a pun on the LGBTQ plus society, it is a rainbow of colours, yep. of different things that are going on. Yeah. It is so much more to understanding learn. And yep. I feel like anyone who doesn't grasp the idea that mm. knowledge and learning mm. is such a privilege. Yeah. And you are really, um, you're, you're, you're seriously missing out a lot of joy in life. And mm. I think that is something we, uh, pair of us realised quite quickly, wasn't it? No, it's really well put. And just, just to, just to finally finalise that, what I do, the, um, this is a, a, another news point I should have put before, but the Premier League are doing, uh, the Football Premier League are doing a, a, a weekend where many, they're, they're organising a campaign where people are not going to post on social media to comment, to acknowledge the fact that many people have suffered online abuse, particularly black football players and black members yeah, of the community. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll be doing that. Uh, my podcast accounts will be doing that. I will retweet your point because I don't have the knowledge to put something <laughs> in writing myself. No. Uh, to the football context. But, but, but yeah, yeah, but basically that shows that yeah. there is a hell of a long way to go in regards to absolutely. abuse, even on social yeah. media, which is quite mainstream now. That's yeah. very sad. So it's going to be a boycott this weekend with that. Um, yeah. And again, it just shows the need for progressive education uh, on all fronts, really. Um Touch on America then, and what this is really good. I think really, really good um, going on there. They've got a president who's talking progressively uh, in terms of not only of LGBTQ plus, but also of um, you know a, a different kind of economics, almost a socialist kind of economics, because he's promising big tax rises, uh, which have you know scared quite a few people in America. But then he he, just, he has a disclaimer there that you'll only be taxed. Um, a significant amount more, or you'll only receive tax hikes if you are being paid over four hundred thousand dollars annually. So for the working class, which American, is a lot of money, let's be honest. For the working class, he, American, fine. Yeah, yeah, like, and let's not let's not brush over the fact he said a historic thing today. He said, "Madam Vice President and mm-hmm. Madam Vice," or was it Madam Speaker? Yeah. So it was like yeah. no president in the history that, yeah. has said that. And the only time history would be broken again is when it will be a female president. Yeah. Now it's really that. interesting, Adam, because when we, when he, when he, or he... I say female, but I suppose referring to our previous conversation in this podcast, anyone that isn't a white straight male, yeah, or a, or yeah. a white male, or well, yeah. just a straight male, yeah, yeah. straight well, male. That's well, the final one. well, yeah, yeah, you got there. Um, well, it's interesting because when he he got into power, everyone said I would serve one term. But he's looking so fit, he's looking, speaking so eloquently, and he says, I'm going to run again. He's already saying that now, 
it's a long time. It's 2024, still another three years. Um, 85 coming out of office. I gotta give it to the bloke, he's got drive. Yeah, he'd be he'd be how old, Adam? 85, he's 77 going into office. Yeah, you'd be 81 campaigning for his next term. You'd probably be 85 going on 86 yeah. finishing. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, it, it's staggering. What I didn't even think about it. Like, I was thinking about when he starts, but you're absolutely spot on. It's crazy, but honestly. Uh, it's like today I was I was watching the news and they were saying the Sleepy Joe narrative really has been put to bed, hasn't it? Because he is Absolutely. delivering he's delivering <laughs> things with such eloquence. He's he, he's acknowledging things that are in the here and now, which is remarkable. Again, which many people say for a, a president who's the oldest president, arguably delivering the most progressive speeches of any president, oh, maybe even more than absolutely. Barack Obama, who he served exactly. under. And I think I think it's a mad thing because anyone who's actually saying who's like going for the going for the he's too old narrative. Yeah. My personal like argument against that is he is seventy seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You'd be finishing his term at eighty one mm-hmm. if he makes it. Yeah. All right. Mm. Say he makes it by some miracle. He. <laughs> I maybe I'm just being pessimistic here. Yeah. Say he runs again yeah. and say he does win a second term yes. and he goes for the second term yes. and he completes the second term this is a bloke that spent the, the, the retirement the, the literally the retirement years of yeah. his life yeah. fighting for causes yeah. that will outlive him yeah and you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta admire that you do surely the, yeah and the, the things he's been delivering in his speech today so progressive he wants he said he's going to he wants to deliver the most jobs the biggest wave of jobs since world war ii um and he yeah, wants to do that with that, yeah. he wants to do that with uh creating lots of industrial jobs so new roads lots of infrastructure across america which includes implementing lots green, of energy. green energy yeah that's that's, that's yeah. the real big thing so using one of the biggest things the biggest threats to the to the world uh, and trying to spin it in an economic way so that many people can jump on that um, job train, I suppose. Um, he said that trickle-down economics has never worked, and I think most people would agree. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's something. Bollocks. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And uh, he says he wants to do a different kind of economics where it starts from the bottom and the middle up, which is really interesting and refreshing to hear. And it's like they said, Adam, you saw in the background, uh, you can see in the background, Bernie Sanders and co clapping and almost looking on with pride. And it's almost there. Uh, a large part of their influence is being put on to Joe Biden. Now, like you said, the centrist who got elected, uh, very much a centrist, is now pushing that left agenda, that left progression, that left oh, definitely mantra. Left. Yeah. And it's going to look make America look very, very different, you'd imagine. But the problem is there is a one caveat to all that, and that is that the Republicans hold, I think, a slight majority, actually, in the House of Representatives. So when it comes to making decisions, um, they have, they're going to struggle because they have to get some Republican voters or, or Republican votes in when those decisions are put through, and it could be quite difficult to make some of those um, over the line. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's 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 more than a handful yeah of senators and Congress people who yeah. are um still very much in on the Trump boat. Yeah, and I, I watched a very uh, on now politics on t- uh, Twitter today. Mm. I watched a very interesting video, and it was a um, an interview with a uh, a DC police officer who mm-hmm. fought the rioters, well yeah. fought back. 
yeah the rioters as much as they could do uh-huh. on the January sixth uh, attacks on the Capitol building, and he was uh, was just diminished by I can't remember the name of the senator now, but very senior, significant parts of the the Republican Party. I'm pretty sure if anyone just put in um, policeman. Uh, DC Capitol riots, 6th of June, now politics. They would find the video quite easily to watch it. Uh, and it. And it was terrible. And it, and it, and it, like you said, like, who is your Sith Lord? Is it Luke Skywalker or the Emperor? So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Star Wars reference there. Um, yeah. It's, it. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it is. It's, it's amazing because it's quite, it does feel like quite a socialist driven plan. Uh, but America, of course, is very, predominantly been very anti-socialist because i quote it takes away your individual freedom tax hikes even though it says tax hikes for over four hundred thousand people with over four hundred thousand dollars you can guarantee that the opposition the, the the republicans will try and spin it as though it's affecting everyone even though the reality is it definitely won't do um because i think that's what donald trump said he said he'll raise the taxes and he and obviously that's of a of a of a portion of people that aren't working class americans but the way they spin it they won't say it like that well of course it affects everyone um no doubt yeah, no doubt probably saying, you'd imagine saying though that, that, that their spin on that might be that corporations and, th- and big business people that get taxes much will have to cut jobs to make up for the losses that they have in taxes but in actual fact we know that's a bit of a silly narrative i think um to pedal um i think on top of that, like we say, Donald Trump has actually suggested that he wants to rerun again. In 2024, he also made a, 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 a comment that the people who were wearing masks, the Democrats that were wearing masks at Joe Biden's speech, looked like they were suffocating on the masks. The masks were choking them. Um, like you say, Adam, you've sort of suggested that there is a there is still a right-wing um, clutch in America Absolutely at the moment, not. and there probably always will be, like you say. Yeah. Not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, so does that open the door for um, your favourite former president to make a make a big comeback? Do, do you think it, it, he's a brand that's too tainted, or do you think that the, the Republican Party very much are the Trump Party still, and, and he still is the best opportunity for them to gain power back? On a serious note, um, no, he is not the Republican no. Party. No. 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 He, he would argue thing. he is. No, yeah, of course he would, because he's, he's yeah. a narcissist. Um, but when it comes to Trump himself, yeah, I believe, I hope, you know, he's a billionaire and he probably could buy his way out of a lot of situations. But I, I, I genuinely believe his mental stability in four years, because mm. I've read a lot of psychiatric papers about Donald Trump when mm. I was studying my politics mm-hmm. masters and mm-hmm. my undergraduate. Yeah. And, that's, many that's from your verification started, for this. You know, that, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and from the very start, many, many professionals believe he, he was suffering from, um, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, early set on Alzheimer's. Didn't people say the same for Joe Biden, though, when he was running from Texas? Yes, they did. And I still would be very open to those sort of research at his age, especially mm-hmm. if I was going to keep... Fair, a fairity, I don't know if that's the word, you know, mm. keep a fair narrative between yeah. the left and the right. I'd, yeah. I'd, 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 I'd read both with an open mind. Mm. However, will Trump's stability yeah. 
even if he's got Alzheimer's or not, mm. or dementia, or you yeah. say on dementia, whether, whether that, that exists or not, I do yeah. not believe he's mentally stable enough to run. So I think he's too erratic. I think he's too delusional. I think yeah. he's not quite, do I dare say this on a podcast, but I never thought he was quite educated to said standard required for presidency. Mm. He um, he was. I mean, he said if you if you didn't run for presidency last time, he was going to be a doctor. So, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's no secret that I'm no fan of him. And it's yeah. very much because of the injustices that surround him. Sure? The very yeah. fact that so much crap is linked to the Trump name. I just, it's one of those people I, I, I struggle so, Tell you what, then. A neutral one. In short, then, in 2024, do you think the Republican Party stands a better chance if he is their leader or if he isn't their leader to take in Joe Biden or Kamala Harris on in 2024? I don't think it makes a difference with the Republican Party. I think they've lost credibility for hardcore Republicans and I think they've lost credibility for um, the alt-right. Um, so uh, I, I do not know. Yeah, by, by that logic, if they've lost credibility, then surely the people who are his big supporters it gives him that but, argument, doesn't it? But you've got the other you've got the other side of Trump supporters' kids in four years will be old enough to vote, and yeah. don't. And and I think you know that that sort of partisanship. Well, it depends will, how it depends well, how old they are, doesn't it? I mean, if they're four years. Yeah, old, well, well, I, well I, let's just say whatever, whatever millions of Americans that will be eighteen by the next. You're going to have the, the progressive lefties mm. voting for whatever next Democrat will come forward. Yeah. But you also have the um, Trumpist supporters, you know, the, 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 those who come, the partisans of yep. Trumpism. Yeah. Um, the, the, the children of Trump supporters will be coming up as well as the Biden supporters or Democrat supporters. So uh, I honestly, I think if I think any a, anyone worth the salt will understand that there is no consistency to American politics mm. for the conceivable. That's, so yeah, yeah, no, that's a very yeah. fair, very fair round off. Yeah, uh, very last one, Adam. Uh, an amusing news story to finish, or somewhat amusing. Oh. Yeah. I thought we were talking about Trump. It wasn't that amusing enough? Well, well, maybe not quite too amusing, but yeah, you like uh, glow on your face. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so people named Colin and Tracy, this is a UK-based story, were found to be the biggest complainers in the UK, not Karen. Not Karen. No, for context, <laughs> for context, uh, Karen's given a tough time. Any Karens out there, you're giving a really tough time because... In the UK, Karen is the stereotype for moaning without reason, for being awkward, for being very irritating. Can I speak to the manager, please? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's your Karen. Um, I've, yeah, from my experiences of Karens, um, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> won't go into that, but. Now it's apparently Colin and Tracy that are particularly uh, troublesome, according to Daily Mirror Funny News Stories. You can check them out um, at your leisure. So over the last year or so, the name Karen has been well and truly tarnished after it became a meme and a term used to describe people who were acting overly demanding in an overly demanding way. Who were acting overly demanding. Bad grammar. Is this a Karen? Is this a Karen? No, it's a Courtney Pochin. 
Courtney. I don't like your grammar, I'm afraid. Uh, that's uh, who were acting overly demanding or entitled in public. That's not right, is it? In an overly demanding manner. Anyway, anyway, those who complained, I'm being a Karen, those who complained were branded Karens. Johnny's a Karen. But it turns out people with this name were actually, aren't actually the most likely to complain. Cedro. The world's first social review platform has analysed negative review data from the last 18 months to find the names most associated with negative reviews in the UK and the biggest complainers and where the biggest complainers live. Um, and, yeah, basically it came up with those two names. I mean, how many how many Karens have you met, Adam, roughly? Um, I'm related to two. And? Does it fit the stereotype? No, not really. No, no, no. Not no um, um tracy's i know no tracy's no matter trace well i've definitely met a tracy i'm just not related to it how about you are you related to any Karen's yeah, or tracy colin colin i know the, the, colin seems to be quite an old name so maybe it's generally older people which i don't know tracy i know my mate's mum's called tracy but she seemed all right when i met her um she was- <laughs> She was pretty sound. I only met her for about two minutes, but uh, she she was lovely. Uh, And Colin, Colin, uh, no, I I can't say I've met a Colin to be honest with you. But yeah, this is uh, this is like I said, this is weird news. Weird news from Daily Mirror. Um, And it very weird. And it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had uh, Barack the sheep, and we've had all these wonderful stories. I'm sorry, this is probably one of the least interesting. I'm being a Karen. I'm being a Karen. Ironically, I'm being a Karen. And just to any Karen listening out there, no, you're being a Colin. I'm being a Colin. I'm being a Colin. Very good. Very good. I'm being a Colin. Just ready, Karens or Traces out there. I'm sorry. Uh, these are not the views of your Adam. These are the views of um, actually these Daily are the Mirror. The, the Sidro. Sidro. These are the views of Sidro, oh. as reported by the Daily Mirror. There we go. That's that's the <laughs> hook off our back. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, if you would like to, thank you very much, people. Twitter. It's at Pint and. Paul, usually the Twitter is um, a segue for politics for all. Um, and that's because most of the time I'm spending editing other social medias. However, please do drop me a DM and I'll try and respond uh, if you feel so inclined to do so. Or Adam might do. You might surprise you. If it's a rude one, it's probably him. If it's not, it's me. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for if listening. If it's charming, it'll be me. If it isn't charming, it'll be Johnny. Well, yeah, 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 very good, very good from Prince Charming himself. <laughs> uh, 14, 14 episodes in episode 15 next week. We'll probably have another education debate because that was really interesting, but we'll go at it with a different narrative. Uh, until then, stay safe, still crazy out there. Um, follow all the governmental guidelines and enjoy yourself until next time. Don't lick any knobs, um, doorknobs. That's getting edited out. No, it isn't. <laughs> yes, it is. Boom. Right, these are